Hello, 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 everyone out there. Welcome back to another episode of Kimboology. It's your girl Kimbo here, aka the Blasian Sensation, aka Traveling Chafing Queen, aka Kingpin Kimbo. What's up? AKA Daughter of Pajanat, aka Slayer of Poles, aka Mother of Georgia, aka Kimbo Kush. AKA Captain Planet, she's a hero, gonna take pollution down to zero. AKA Miss Pussy Control, AKA the Hustlin' Hussy, AKA Twerking on Your Daddy's Couch, AKA Yes, My Middle Name is Spelled Wrong, AKA Kimbo of All Trades, Because I Can Do It All, Honey, AKA The Nomadic Nympho, AKA Heels Bigger Than Your Dick, AKA Platypussy. Hey, cue the horns. Welcome back, guys. Welcome. Uh, welcome to episode 32. What? 32. 32, right? Wait. Uh, am I saying that right? 32. 32. Oh, I pray. I pray I'm saying that right. I'm high as fuck right now. Um, or Sam Sip Sam, right? Nung Song Sam. Sam Sip Sam. That's how you say 32 in Thai. Treintaidos uh, is 32 in Spanish, I hope. Um, don't at me, guys, if I, I fucked that all up. Sorry, high boots. Uh, happy belated 420, y'all. Um, yeah, guys, uh, I totally, totally was so excited this year for 420. Um, it was my first year working in the cannabis industry, so I was super, super stoked because... Um, yeah, just was really excited. I really wanted to like dispensary hop. Um, so I did that actually, uh, dispensary hopping. Went to like a couple dispensaries. Um, got all the deals, got all the swagola because I actually got the day off, which was nice. Uh, got super fucking high, ate a bunch of fucking tacos. Um, it was Liddy Titty Kitty. Um, so yeah, and then also Earth Day was also yesterday. So shout out to Earth Day, shout out to Mother Earth. You know here on Kimboology, we stand Mother Earth. She is our queen, our queendom. Um, yeah, so if you guys um, didn't do anything to praise Mother Earth, fuck y'all. I'm just kidding. Um, I really want to plant a tree, guys. I want to plant a tree. It is my goal. I've been wanting to plant a tree now for, for at least two years. Um, I don't know why it's so hard for me to plant a fucking tree. Um, last year, it was tough because like, the pandemic happened so that that like we t- I totally forgot about planting a tree but this year my goal is to plant a motherfucking tree uh because I want to you know do good and give back to mother earth so you know my hippie ass loves the planet um what else is going on oh yeah guys this episode is just solo dolo me today uh I wanted to celebrate I wanted to celebrate the plant, the oh-so-glorious plant that is cannabis, a.k.a. marijuana, a.k.a. reefer, a.k.a. jive, a.k.a. all the fucking bud, uh, Mary Jane, right? Okay. Um, Yeah. So we're going to talk about weed this this episode, and we're also going to just kind of like dive into like the knowledge of behind the plants and like marijuana and like all that fun stuff. We're going to go over the documentary called grass is greener, which I think is super fucking important that everyone, 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 everyone should watch. Um, it's very important, uh, especially the people that are in the cannabis industry. I think that's like something that should be on like in the training, honestly. Um, so yeah, 
That's definitely um, so that's definitely going to be the kind of the theme of the episode today. Um, but before we do that, you know, we have our, you know, weekly segment, guys, weekly segments. So let's go and dive right all into it, shall we? Um, this week on Sexy Sustainability. Um, so, yeah, guys, this week on Sexy Sustainability, um, I'm going to talk about this company again. I think I definitely shouted them out in prior episodes, but since this is the cannabis episode, I want to shout out the company um, called Arise, A-E-R-I-Z. This is a cannabis cultivator. I really stand for this because, and I wanted to showcase this one because it was just Earth Day. Um, so I wanted to talk about this company because they're not only are they a cannabis company, but they are also really, really passionate about saving the planet. Um, that is like hugely in their like, like their um, what's mission statement, so to speak. So basically, with cannabis, you know, the, they say this is like this is like literally off one of their like kind of information cards. Um, it says the planet is important to us, and that's why we grow our cannabis aeroponically. Plants are grown in reusable class, gl- sorry, reusable clay beads instead of soil. And water and nutrients are recycled in a closed-loop system. The process is more environmentally friendly and efficient than a traditional grow. Um, yeah, and so it's the interest that they have in furthering their re- uh, reduction on the footprint on Mother Earth. And uh, yeah, they use sustainable flower containers and recyclable concentrate packages, which is um, amazing. So more on aeroponic growing. Uh, it's a revolutionary grow process that uses uh, recyclable uh, grow medium, which was that clay beads, um, for soil. Um, they clean white roots are suspended in a custom-fitting table where they are misted and um, with precise amounts of like nutrients and water. Um, all the materials used are recycled in a closed-loop system, like I said before, which, yeah, is to basically just be more envir- environmentally friendly. So... Um, and yeah, and you know what, if you guys have ever smoked any of their flower from Arise, you will, you will literally smoke and like feel the difference. Uh, it's all about quality. It's like whenever you smoke their flower, you fucking like just feel it. It's such good quality, such good cannabis. Um, I recently smoked, uh, the Jack, Jack, their Jack Herrera strain, uh, and it was fucking fantastic. Like Jack Herrera is a sativa, so sativa guys is a uh, is basically the you know the, you know if you guys heard of sativa hybrids and indica, sativas are gonna be the ones that are gonna it's gonna be more of a euphoric feeling. It's gonna be more more of a head high. Um, some say it gives you energy energy, um, but also some say that there's like with sativas there's more of like a paranoid feeling from that. Um, that's why like there's hybrids. Um, hybrids are kind of more of a balanced high. And then indicas, think about in the couch. So those are the ones that are going to get you really, really high. And then, you know, you're going to just kind of like pass out, just, you know, watch TV on the couch or some will get you sleepy. So um, that's a really crude just kind of, you know, explanation on the three. But um, I can nerd out with you about that with somebody else um, that's really passionate about nerding out with, about weed. Um, I'm high as fuck. So that's all you're going to get right now. Um, yeah. So Arise is great, guys. I really love this cultivator. Low-key would love to still, like, work with them because they're just all about saving... Uh, they're just all about, like, you know, having a system that works with Mother Earth as opposed to against it. So I stand for them. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just wanted to shout them out yet again. Um, if you haven't tried their flower, go try it. It comes in this, like... 
if they're eights, they're eights or they're 3.5 grams of cannabis or marijuana, um, come in this like white kind of like rectangular container. Um, yeah, it's great stuff. Great shit. So definitely try them. Um, but yeah, that's it for that. I did want to go ahead and dive into the recycling of the news. Um, yeah, guys, I would be remiss if I didn't mention um, the uh, the trial results of Derek um, Chauvin, the murderer of George Floyd. Uh, yeah, so the trial ended and he got his... Uh, hold on, I'm going to actually pull up the article and be a professional bitch here. So according to uh, CNN.com, uh, Derek Chauvin found guilty of all three counts for killing George Floyd. Um, so the former Minneapolis police officer who, ha- who knelt, um, you know, with his knee on George Floyd's neck for more than nine minutes last year was found guilty on Tuesday of all three charges against him. Um, so, yeah, he was 45 he was convicted of second-degree unintentional murder, third-degree murder, and second-degree manslaughter. Uh, the jurors deliberated for more than 10 hours and over two days before coming to their decision. Um, so, yeah, that nigga is all the fuck in jail. Good. Cue the horns. Um, Calvin could face up to 40 years in prison for second-degree murder, up to 25 years of third-degree murder, and up to 10 years of manslaughter. Um, so yeah, basically, you know, he's got a lot of counts on them, on him and his sentencing, his sentencing is on June 16th. Now you guys, yes, this is great news in that sense. Um, honestly, I really feel like there, there really couldn't have been any other result in that sense of like George Floyd hit the world at a hard time in our, during the pandemic this happened, it was amplified because we were all at home. So we all saw that, you know, it was all under a microscope. So basically this, if this, if this sentencing went any other way, I think there would, there would have been a huge worldly, worldly impact. Right. So, I mean, you, you guys remember all the like protests that went down when this really, when this first went down during the pandemic, um, imagine if this nigga got off with nothing. Um, yeah, that we would be still burning like the fucking Chicago would be in fucking flames. I mean, nobody could go to work cause it would be just chaos and like madness out there in the streets. It'd be like the fucking purge. Um, so yeah, I feel, I was talking to my coworker about this too. Cause, um, and guys, this is not justice because George Floyd is not with us. Um, his family does not, you know, literally they still mourn and, grieve his you know that he's not with us he's dead so uh i will not call this justice this is accountability derek chauvin did kill him he stood on that nigga's neck for nine minutes and literally you know that he couldn't breathe so he killed him so this is accountability in my eyes and a lot of people's eyes and we are forgetting that the sentencing can go a lot of different ways right so this is something that my coworker and i were talking about was because just because this went through doesn't necessarily mean he could get the full sentencing, right? So I feel like, you know, the judges and all that, they're like, okay, yeah, we'll make sure he, the world knows that he's guilty on all three counts, but let's all wait till June 16th when the sentencing happens. Let's see how much this nigga actually gets. So I actually can't breathe really easy about the situation because of that. Um, 
I feel like, yeah, they're going to be all like, oh, yeah, you know, this is good, guys. Like, you know, calm down. You know, please don't protest. Please don't destroy your cities because, you know, he's guilty. He's guilty. He's guilty, you know. But at the same time, you know, we like... I just want to see this motherfucker, like, get life. You know what I mean? I just want to see him, like, get the chair. Like, I want to see him fucking, you know what I'm saying? I want to see some real fucking results in that sense. So I'm not going to go ahead and celebrate anything until I see it. Um, so, yeah, there's that. And then on top of that, um, you know, when we didn't even have a full day to so you know, rejoice in the fact that this motherfucker got, you know, the guilty charges, uh, there was a officer that killed a fucking 16-year-old little girl, uh, Makia uh, Bryant. She was a 16-year-old from Columbus, Ohio, is dead after a cop shot her four times. Um, so the body cams show that m- this little girl, this young teenager, 16 years old, she had a knife in her hand. Now, mind you, she was the one that called the cops. So apparently, I think she was getting, apparently, um, this is according to TMZ, um, the, the, the police responded to a call. There was a fight with a few teenage girls, right? Um, I guess, and, the, you know, what happened was when the cops arrived, they saw uh, Makia Bryant with the knife in her hand, and they shot her and shot her four times and killed her. So since when is a knife, since when is holding a knife, though, like a gun? It's not a gun. So it's like, you know, they didn't even warn her. They just literally shot her. Like there's, you know, they watched the videos, uh, you know, one of the girl, like one of the girls was thrown to the ground at her feet. And one of the officers, you can hear him yelling, Hey, 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 get down. As Makia's seen apparently lunging with a knife at a different girl. So I guess she was defending herself with that knife. But at the same time, it's like, I, I think this was an excessive force that needed, like it didn't need to, there, she didn't need to be shot four fucking times, you know? Um, you know, when, when, and since when do cops just like deescalate the situation by just shooting? I mean, not since when, cause that's literally like, they do that forever. It's been like forever that they do that. But like, since when is that okay? You know what I mean? Like since we see, we see these crazy videos all the time of white people with fucking knives and shit. And you know, cops go approach them with all the ease and go, please, sir, put the knife down, put the knife down, you know, and they get away. They're alive. They're alive. So what did this little 16-year-old girl, like, what did he, th- what she threatened? She, why? Is she going to, a fucking, a 16-year-old going to go after a policeman? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If a policeman can't handle a 16-year-old little girl with a knife, I, you shouldn't be a cop. You should be able to de-escalate the situation without having to shoot her four times. I'm sorry. You're a cop. You're supposed to be trained, right, to de-escalate the situation in the, in the most, in the most, you know, practical manner in a sense you know um i'm sick of these excuses it's like oh my god you know like you will never know if you don't put your you know you know your you know yourself in that's the shoes it's a knife she's 16 okay i don't want to fucking hear it so we didn't even have one motherfucking day before this shit happens you know so i'm just fucking tired i'm just really fucking tired um i know everyone else i know all my brothers and sisters out there black and brown people in my communities they're we're fucking tired. So yeah, there's that. There's that. I just can't even go forward anymore. Um, so yeah, uh, peace to George Floyd's family. Um, honestly, nothing we can do to bring them back, but just peace to them. Um, I hope that, you know, with this sentencing, they can get some sort of calm in their heart about it, knowing that, you know, there was, you know, 
the sen- that it was sentenced to what it needed to be. There was a loose that in sense of accountability, quote unquote. So, so there's that. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. Honestly, I'm high boots. I don't have much else to mention. What else do I have to mention? Nothing else. I really am excited to kind of talk about this documentary with you guys and like dive deeper into it because there's a lot I want to say. Um, but before we do that, I will take a, we will take a quick break and then we're going to come back and we're going to dive deeper into this. And oh, I do have some stories for you guys. So I will share that before I talk about the documentary. So yeah, we'll be right back. And we'll be right back after these detailed messages. Today's episode of the Kimboology podcast is brought to you by Faith and Flower. Faith and Flower's spiritual bath teas will align your chakras from your root to your crown. Whether you're medicating, masturbating, or meditating, you can use Faith and Flower to elevate your bath and self-care rituals. Kimboology listeners receive 15% off their first purchase at shopfaithandflower.com. Use code Kimbo at checkout. And we are back, everyone. Welcome back. Um, I had to smoke a little bit more. Um, I'm smoking on this one string called Birthday Party. It's really nice. Um, it is a, like, it's funny because the buds actually look like two different colors. Uh, I, bought a, I just bought a gram of it just to kind of, like, try it out. Um, but it's, like, purple. Like, like, some of the buds are purpley and some of them are really green. So it's quite strange. It looks like two different strains in one one plant. So birthday party is kind of cool. It reminds me of like confetti. Like even like the smell and the taste. I don't know if that makes any fucking sense. That must be some real stoner high ass shit to say. But <laughs> um, it does. There's a slight sweetness to um, to smoking it. I really, I'm a, I'm a person that likes to smoke weed that tastes good. I do like to taste my weed. So... Um, like some ga- like some of those strains that are super, super gassy, like like motor breath. Um, I'm not a big fan of. It's just too gassy for me. It's literally like gasoline in your mouth. Like think about like a lawnmower type shit. Um, but this one here is nice. Um, it smoked really good. Uh, it was sweet. And then it also had like a nice high to it. Um, it's hard to say because I also did take a... a um, in one of the other episodes, I shouted out the company 1906 uh, for their their drops, their capsules, um, their plant-based capsules. I took the Go capsule. No, I'm lying. The Brain capsule. So they have one called Brain, and that's supposed to help with like creativity and you know brain power and motor functions and things like that. So I was like, fuck it. I just got off work. Um, you know. Oh, by the way, guys, I did get the last vaccine shot. Oh, oh, I'm gonna turn into a zombie, guys. Um, yeah, today I got the last vaccine. Scene shot got my second shot of the Pfizer. Your girl's a Pfizer bitch. What? I should make up another AKA, AKA Kimbo Pfizer, AKA Pfizer Pfizer pussy. I don't fucking know. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, the first one hit me kind of hard, but this one I feel fine. Like I went to work. Uh, I also did like take that Go pill. No, yeah, I took a Go capsule from 1906. And I had all the energy, honey. I had all the energy. I was saying I was annoying as fuck to everybody because I had all the energy. Um, but yeah, I and then right now I took a brain one. So brain one was supposed to kind of just like give you like more like, you know, it was only two and a half milligrams of THC and CBD. So a little lower for like microdosing, but I took one pill. I, I'm, a, I'm a lightweight, guys. I don't really need a lot of weed um, to get me high. So I'm a cheap date. What? What's up? Um, so Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is, you guys, sorry, I'm just like 
rambling. Um, yeah, I got the last vax, so I'll just keep you guys posted on how I, I'm feeling. But right now, I feel pretty good. So, yeah, I think it was just because the first one sucked. Um, but yeah, uh, this episode, guys, again, I am talking all about the THC, the cannabis, the marijuana, all that, all that, all that. Uh, she's got many names, you know, like weed, jive, reefer, bow, pot, Mary Jane, grass, bud, dank, herb. You know, the list goes on and on and on and on and on. Chronic, all that shit, all that shit, all that shit. So this is the high 420 appreciation episode. Um, and with that, I just want to talk about it um, and kind of my experience with getting into cannabis it's funny because I was a hugely prude uh, bitch back in the day. Uh, I really was. I was super prude, guys, uh, believe it or not. Isn't it kind of funny, though? Because, like, I literally, literally was super prude. Like, I didn't want to have sex too early. I didn't believe in smoking weed. I didn't, um, like, anything in that sense of, like, taboo like I was just kind of like oh no it's bad it's like, I was a good girl you know I pri- and I prided I was very prideful of being a, a good girl so to speak right so yeah I didn't even touch cannabis till in like my mid-20s which is so funny right I know I didn't I went to Amsterdam guys I never smoked weed in Amsterdam isn't that crazy oh my god I, now that I did now that I look back at like my when I backpacked there I, I'm like, oh my God. Like I did the sex shows and you know, all the other CD shit that you can do in Amsterdam, but I didn't even smoke weed. Isn't that nuts? Now I think about the, uh, me working in the industry. I'm just like, man, I wonder how cheap it was too. Like I went years ago. Fuck. When was it? Like 20, 2015, 2016, something like that. I went, um, yeah, I wonder, like, I wonder how it would have been. Like I, I, the reason why though, I didn't, I was, when I was in Amsterdam, I didn't even um, stay with like anyone I knew. Like I just was backpacking, so I actually ended up couch surfing with the pole dancer there. Uh, there was this like couch surfing like group that I was a part of, and there was a group of pole dancers that would like let people sleep sleep on their couch or stay in their place for free. And I was backpacking, and I was you know do, trying to save as much money as I could. So yeah, I stayed with this chick that I met through the couch surfing group, and. Yeah, she took me in. So I didn't really know her, you know, like that. So I don't want to get high with her for the first time ever in my life. So I just, you know, I just played it cute. You know, I, I didn't I didn't smoke. I wasn't interested at that time. You know, I feel like cannabis came into my life at the right time. Um, you know, I, I, I don't think that I was meant to smoke weed back in the day um, for me, uh, because now that I've learned so much and now that we're it's such a progress, it's in a, such a progressive state right now. It's allowing me to be, to see it with open eyes. Um, yeah, if I kind of maybe like did it back in the day, who knows? Who knows what kind of Kimbo y'all would have had? So um, I'm happy with how things turned out. And my, when I tell you I could have smoked when I was very little, I mean, I, my family members were deep in it. My dad, you know, he had glaucoma. So he literally, like, I remember at one point seeing, seeing like the plants dried up on, in our basement, just hanging there. You know, and I would just be like, as a little girl, I remember my mom telling me like, oh, that's, you know, that's George's, you know, um, what did she say? Like tea, like she, she, he drew, I think he did actually drink it though. From what I remember as a kid, he didn't, he never smoked it. I never saw my dad smoking weed, but I definitely see, he told me that he drank it and he said it, it helped his eyes. And you know what? It does. 
Okay, it fucking does. It is a plant that grows out of the fucking earth like that. Mother Earth creates cannabis, okay? And if you treat the earth correctly and take care of her, she grows this amazing plant. And when you set it on fire and smoke it or squeeze it and get certain like THC, you know, concentrates out of it or whatever, it makes you feel amazing, (laughs) you know? It gets you high as fuck and it's fun and it's great and I feel like cannabis has allowed me to be more creative be more vocal be more outspoken be more relatable um I can't tell you how many great conversations I've had I've been more inquisitive now I want to learn everything um I want to watch all the documentaries I want to have all the conversations with all different types of people to get their perspective on life. I just find it super, super interesting. I'm like a wealth of, I'm like a sponge. I just want to absorb everything now. Um, And I think cannabis had a lot to do with that. So um, with that being said, uh, I got into the industry literally during the pandemic. I was very, um, you know, what is the word? I was very, you know, driven and, you know, persistent about getting this job in, in, in cannabis And I did what I needed to do. I would ask around and then one person was really nice enough to give me the the, like literally the email of the HR woman that I was going to interview with. So I had her email. So I just emailed her directly and I said, hey, girl, what's up? You know, here's my resume. Um, Please would like love an interview. You know, I felt like I was more than qualified for the position that I was applying for. Um, The thing is, most of these cannabis jobs here in Illinois. So I'm in Illinois. I am in Illinois, guys. I'm in Chicago, Illinois. Um, and here in Illinois, it is legally, it's, you can, you know, it's legally medicinal, it's legal here for medical use, and it's legal here for adult use. So we are a legal state. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that people can't go to jail for weed. Um, so basically what it is, it's like treating it as like an alcohol now. So I was actually just speaking to a U.S. Marshal today. And he was telling me more about it. Because I was like, why are people going to jail for weed? He's like, well, I mean, like, you're still not supposed to drive your car and, like, be smoking a joint while you do that. Like, they are, they are, that's driving, that's still driving under the influence. Just like if you had, you know, a bottle of tequila in your car and you were fucking taking shots in your car or drinking beer while you're driving. That's driving under the influence. So you still can go to jail for that. So, um, yeah. So, uh, and it, and weed is still a you know, on the, you know, in the government, like they're basically, it's still substance one, meaning it is still in the classification of like ecstasy. It's like the most, it's supposed to be the most dangerous level, um, which is ridiculous because it's nothing but a fucking healing plant, you know? Um, So yeah, so basically with that, got into cannabis, uh, been super happy about this industry in a sense of like what I'm learning, the perks behind it. Um, But what I'm definitely not, not happy about is, the, you know, I want to see more, diver, uh, you know, diversification. I want to see more um, people of color in higher positions in this industry. Um, and so basically, like, I'm still, you know, where I'm at right now is just my, it was just my foot in the door. Um, I definitely have plans to move up and um, take myself as far as I can, you know, in this industry. Um, but in this industry, it's not, it's not like people of color are still not welcomed in, in higher positions. Um, I still like, it's very like in the company I work for, it's still very white. 
and I'm sick and tired of seeing like white people in the corporate space. Like when it comes to cannabis, it's like, I feel like really, you know what I mean? Um, I have, I've been, I'm a part of this group um, on um, social media or not social media, but there's like an uh, Illinois woman, Illinois women of cannabis, like networking group that I I joined because I wanted to see uh, the people, the women that were in the industry. And it's just a really nice, it's a great place to connect and, you know, network with other women in the cannabis industry here in Illinois and not in even parts of out of Illinois. Um, I actually have met some really interesting women already, really powerful, you know, one woman um, I met, she's, I, she was a badass bitch. She came out straight out the woodwork talking about, you know, we need to make sure that people of color are in the room and getting licenses and all this shit. I was like, bitch, yes. She was like, because the, we, you know, motherfuckers are still in jail from fucking weed and that's bullshit. I was like, I'm here for all this shit, bitch. Yes. So, um, I was happy to like connect with her and I'm either going to like, we talked about her being on the show. So I definitely keep in mind, keep, you know, a lookout for that. Um, and yeah, I'm just like trying to do my best when it comes to making my way up because I do want to like see people, my people, our people, people of color, you know, black and brown people. Because literally this this plant was used so much to put us in a horrible space, you know, place in in society and in the prison system that now that it's making billions of dollars, now they're trying to keep us out. So this is a great segue because I want to talk about this documentary called Grass is Greener. Um, Grass is Greener was a phenomenal, phenomenal uh, documentary on Netflix. Um, It was a documentary directed by a Fab Five Freddy. And it had cameos, you know, featuring Snoop Dogg, Cypress Hill, uh, CeeLo Green, like... Um, you know, Method Man and Red Man were not on the show, on the documentary, but they were mentioned as one of the pioneers, Cheech and Chong, you know. So this was a documentary, and it basically was like answering the, answering the, the day-old question was, why was weed ever made illegal in the first place, right? Do, do you guys ever wonder that? Like, why the fuck is this plant that literally, literally grows from the ground like this, and all people did was smoke it, a plant. Why is it so illegal? Why is it so threatening, right? Why? Why? When cigarettes be straight up poison, right? Rat poison, all sorts of fucking shit, chemically made, all that, all that, super addictive, horrible to the body, been proven to kill you, and that shit legal as fuck. How? Why? Por qué? You know? So, um, and let's, I just want to kind of like dive into the Netflix, the, about the documentary, um, and just kind of pulled up some notes that I really thought were really like some keynotes that were important to like kind of talk about. Um, one was weed was started with the blues singers. So during the times of like, you know, when jazz and blues were getting really, really popular, blues was a way, blues players uh, such as like Louis Armstrong was he was a huge advocate for weed right super big advocate you know definitely never did a set without smoking weed um, and and was very proud of it and very open and honest about it right Um, that was started and it was it was done by mostly black people and so during these times of the the prohibition ages um, this was still when like it was whites and blacks were still segregated. So when the blues players were playing these music, 
we allowed them to be more creative and be more improv, improv, I can't say this word, improv, you know, do improv when just kind of flow and it just, it helped their creative juices. And it was a way, it was a place where black and white people can listen to the same type of music, but that made people very, that made white people scared, racist white people scared because they didn't want you know, black people and white women to be in the room, black men mostly and white women, because, you know, they're very threatened with us procreating and, you know, you know, mingling our genes together to create this superhuman or whatever the fuck they were thinking. I don't know. Um, So, yeah, so they were really threatened by that because they know, they knew that marijuana made them more lax. It just makes you more open-minded and, like, you know, like, it's just you know, it's just a magical plant. So they were scared of that. So they basically, um, you know, chose, they, they noticed that in these blue, blues and marijuana was like hand in hand. So obviously with the, you know, with segregation, with racism being illegal, so to speak, um, they couldn't necessarily just, you know, say black people, you know, like, you know, be racist against black people anymore. So they actually used this drug right? This, they call it a drug, this plant, this innocent fucking plant, and use that and they made it criminalized so that way they could use that as, an, as a ploy to like bring down black people and keep us segregated and keep us separate, right? Because they did see, it was during a very xenophobic time where a lot of the black people, you know, obviously slavery was abolished and everything, so, but there were a lot of, like it was still very high in segregation, you know, the blacks were moving to the north, you know, and um, more Hispanics, more Latinos were coming in from different parts, you know, from Mexico. And white people just saw this as a huge threat, you know. And so basically they were worried that blacks would get the white girls hooked to it. Um, and then, you know, God knows what way. Oh, no, you know, we're going to like fucking, you know, they're all about preserving their whiteness. You know, they're so fucking worried about having us, you know, fuck with white people and, you know, create babies and create these little mulatto, you know, biracial kids. Like, that's fucking horrible, whatever. Um, (laughs) So, yeah. So that was a huge threat to them. Um, And that kind of went into this this person named Harry Anslinger. He was the father of cannabis prohibition. So he was the one, first of all, Harry Anslinger was hugely racist, um, and he was the one that started the whole um, fabrication, the propaganda against um, cannabis, saying that stories about cannabis making you people crazy, you know? So basically, like, yo, you know how your niggas in, uh, uh, the niggas in fucking Florida be be doing bath salts and shit and be going nuts and they be going fucking, like, cuckoo for motherfucking Cocoa Puffs and, like, like, biting people's faces like zombies and shit? Yeah, but that's bath salts, right? Uh, see, those stories were like that, but for cannabis. They were saying that it made people fucking nuts because you smoked weed and you, you, go, you went crazy, right? So he created this whole propaganda about cannabis and marijuana. Um, yeah, you know, when in reality, the, the whole underlining reason behind trying to make, trying to criminalize marijuana is they were just so fucking scared. Blues players use marijuana to be creative, and play better music. And the blues music was a place where blacks and whites could integrate together. And black men, you know, they felt like black men were going to seduce white women. 
And they, you know, they, they were just like, cause they were just be so easygoing and so loose. And then they would try to fucking, you know, fuck the white girls, you know, it's just so fucking stupid. It's just so, it just shows the level of mediocrity in those white people. And also the level of fear that they had for us, for being so amazing. Simple as that black fucking excellence. Okay. Um, so yeah, they didn't want to black and they basically, the music was there, but they didn't want it, they they didn't want you know this to blacken the American culture because it scared the shit out of white people, right? So in Harlem, that's where like most of the like you know blues was happening, and there was a lot of marijuana um, that you know was there in, in Harlem back in those days. Um, you know they were just so fucking scared, you know. And it's funny because one of the biggest like weed dealers of that time was a white Jewish man named Milton Mez, Mez, what was it? Mez, Mesmero, something like that. Mesro, Mesro, Mez, Mesro. They called him Mez, Mesro. His name was Milton Mesro, but they called him Mez, Mesro. And he was a white man and he sold weed to these blues players and they would sing about him in their fucking music. And this nigga here, like, wanted to be a black man. He, he was down. This nigga was like, he went to jail because he was, you know, he got, he got caught up, went to jail. And instead of putting him with the white people, he's like, no, nah, put me with the niggas. I feel, way, I, feel, I feel way more comfortable. You got me all wrong. I'm not white. I am black. And I was like, oh, look at the first Rachel Dolezal ever to live. <laughs> I was like, look at him. Look at him. So, but I mean, like, whatever. I stand. Go ahead, white man. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he sold, white, he sold us weed. He was down. You know what I'm saying? He was woke, quote unquote, or whatever. So, yeah. So that was a man that kind of like, you know, he was just down for the count. So, like, he was like the first drug dealer. He was a white man. So, <laughs> the hypocrisy. Um <laughs> So yeah, um, and then going on in the in the film, they talk about how hippies and beatniks started the movement towards you know it becoming more mainstream because white people actually started to smoke it now, right? So during that time, you know, the sixties and seventies, you know, free peace and you know they they were so against the war that you know it's like beatnik beatnik beatnik. I can't even say that word. Beat Nicks. Thank you. Um, Beat Nicks and hippies. I'm so high, guys. Sorry. This is the 420 episode. This is what you all can get. All right. You're welcome. Um, uh, hippies and Beat Nicks started, you know, the whole movement because they were just like, they, they, they all smoked. They just loved it. They're all about, you know, you know, whatever. Saving the planet, too. I guess I'm a hippie. I'm fully happy to be hippie. Fuck. I love it. So, um, you know, with 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 weed, you have the, you know, freedom of expression, you know, all sorts of it just feels good. But yeah, but they started the movement because once more white people started smoking, then that's when, you know, it's like, oh, OK, you know, it's, it's starting to be more, you know, apparent now. White people are doing it now. Shit. We got to really think about this. And then there's this one nigga Ginsburg was the activist for marijuana. So he was the one that was like out there, like pushing for the legalization of weed you know, but, you know, basically, though, in 1970, the Controlled Substance Act that was um, put into effect by Nixon, you know, that was putting marijuana on the Schedule One drug list along with, like, heroin and ecstasy. So that was a huge, huge thing that happened. And Nixon was a, he was literally, like, such, he was so against marijuana. He was big on the, the war on drugs, you know. Um, there was something, there was this, in the documentary they talked, there was like this Schaefer report that they reported after, um, after marijuana was put on the substance, um, uh, you know, put on the, you know, I can't even think, wow. 
put in, they were put it was put on the uh, the list of Schedule One drug. The Schaefer report came out, and then they basically went out there and they were saying, "You guys, you guys, hi, hi, hi. Weed is not that bad, okay? Um, chill. <laughs> you know, what I mean, there has been no proof that this shit is bad. So I need y'all to I need y'all to relax. But instead of that." Nixon made it even more illegal. Like he said, no, no, fuck y'all. I'm going to make this shit even more illegal, you know? Um, but basically, this is all a ploy, right? Because they couldn't necessarily make it illegal to be against war or blacks and racism. So they used this drugs to criminalize. They used, the, they used marijuana to criminalize people. And like, you know, because essentially, you know, during that time, the association was like, hippies with marijuana and then all and then and then heroin heroin was with blacks you know so they wanted to like showcase these substance you know schedule one drugs you know they're ooh, there's these schedule anybody that fucks with these schedule one drugs are bad you know whatever you know but of course you know who's likely to go to jail us black people you know um so yeah um it's just it's just it's caused this this cycle of systematic racism and disappropriated abuse against our community. And it's been so unfortunate because now that, now that we've gone into the age, cause you know, that was back in the seventies, you know, it was, it was put on the, you know, controlled substance. It was a controlled substance act was put into place and now it's a schedule one drug. So it's, you know, and that's the thing is like me growing up, you know, I, f- I always thought that marijuana was so bad. Like <gasps> if you smoked weed, you were a bad person, you know, because it had all this stigma that was put on it, you know. Um, and unfortunately, it's like that's what's gotten a lot of people. And the thing is, of course, you know, like you saw mostly black and brown people were put in jail for smoking weed or having weed on them. So for me, I always associate that with bad people or just, you know, because it just had that stigma. That's all I learned growing up, you know? That's, that's, what, that's what society and that's what, you know, the government wanted us to think. They really wanted to, us to put that, instill that in our minds. So growing up, that's what I felt. I was a good girl. I didn't want to do bad things. And I thought marijuana was bad. So I didn't smoke, you know? Um, but yeah. It's just, it's been such a brainwashing, you know, like of, of generations and generations of people. So for right now, like this documentary just highlights the importance of, and also the history of the drug, of, par- of cannabis. I don't want, I keep calling it a drug, but it's not, I can't, it's not a drug. It's a fucking plant. Okay. Um, and it did, they did such a good job of breaking everything down. Um, but right now, I'm just at the point right now we're at the point now where yes rappers like you know Snoop Dogg and you know Method Man and Red Man you know and um like Wiz Khalifa you know they they these all like you know Dre and just you know all these like rappers and activists that have stayed in the game and have been repping and promoting marijuana even back when it was still very stigmatized it paved the way for this new age that we're living in now, right? Where we're literally, you can go to the store like it's fucking Walmart and pick up an eighth of weed and pay $80 for it, you know, which is ridiculous. I mean, come on. But that's what people are paying for their weed, for adult use here in Illinois. So, um, yeah, it's, it's coming to the point where, you know, now that, 
now that there's money to be made, and there is money, a lot of money to be made, okay? So in this documentary, they, it, the statistics show that in 2017, we made $9 billion, okay? And it's predicted to make, in, can, in, the, in the cannabis industry, it's predicted that to make over five, $57 billion by 2027. So there's a lot of money to be made here. And now that there's money to be made, white people are completely kicking us, completely keeping us out of the revenue, of the business, right? When in, in fact, we were the ones that started it, right? We, the, we were the ones that were growing this plant in our, in our basements and selling it, you know? Uh, shout out to Branson. He was, he, he was this weed dealer that all of the OG, you know, rappers would always shout him out in, his, in their songs. And Branson just became that weed dealer in Harlem that you would just go and get the good shit from. And he had, he had his own, he was the first dispensary, dead ass because he said he's like i had menus i had this i had names you know what i'm saying but now you know you can go to the dispensary they got strains and names and this and that he's like i had that shit way back in the day right but you know he had to do it the illegal way right so um but yeah so like now that you know it's just it's just so funny that because as soon as white men want to do something they change the laws to make it legal so they can make all the money they saw the numbers the figures and instead of like, so now, cause it's like, I don't know if you guys have been just kind of paying attention to the cannabis industry right now, but you know, it's slowly, but surely, you know, we're at 17 States right now that have been legalized, you know, and including about Washington DC. Um, so yeah, we are slowly seeing, and the New York city, New York city guys, the like literally New York city where this actually started in a sense, you know, like, I mean, in the documentary, it's, it says that it's, you know, Louisiana had a lot of influence, like with the culture and everything, but Harlem was when it got super big and blues happened and everything like that. But literally where this fucking, where this fucking plant cannabis marijuana started, it's like now, and it was made such a big deal as an illegal drug. Now it's legal. And literally niggas can walk on the street and smoke anywhere they want with us. Like that's just that they can smoke cigarettes. They can grow up to six plants in their house, which literally would have been like felony, 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 felony if you did back in the day. Um, you know what I mean? It's just so wild to me. Right. I it's it's still it still shocks me that I mean, even though I work in this industry and to me it's normalized. It's not normalized to me because there's still a lot of people that are still in, there's still a lot of people of color that are in jail for it. And like in the documentary, there's a story that was super, super fucking sad of this one man that went to jail for over 10 years for one joint, for one joint. He had only one joint on him, you know? And he's like, literally, he was literally in jail for over, like, I think it was 14 years. Like, like you can't, that man's life is done. Like, you know, like, what the fuck? He's missed out on everything. And he's, he comes out into this world where he goes to the store to buy weed. When, when he goes back 14 years ago, when he got in fucking jail for the rest of, like, for 14, for one joint. When niggas just go to the fucking place right now and buy a joint for 30 bucks. So I'm just kind of like, it's, it's very, very, very hard. It was really, it's tough because it's like, it's still happening. And it's just so sad because it's like, we see it happen till this, still to this day, you know? You know, Killer Mike, he, shout out to Killer Mike. He's so awesome. He was in the documentary. He made, he's so eloquent. He's so smart, you know? He was saying that, like, you know, 
it would be different if they made it fair and they actually like you know allowed us to be a part of this whole new age of like cannabis and, the, and like making money and revenue and and capital um and made it fair where like at least 50 percent of licensing or dispensaries were black and uh, black and brown and his or Latin Mexican owned Hispanic owned like because literally that's where we were the pioneers for this plant so like and then the fact that now you know the white men are kind of changing the laws to make it so they can they can only make money it's it's fucking disgusting and it makes me so mad um, because if you really think about it right yeah now it's getting legalized. So what do you have to do to do, you know, to grow or make a cultivating center or open your own dispensary? Boom. You need a license, right? But with this license, it's not easy to get. You have to have a clean, clean record. What does that mean? It means you cannot have a felony on your charge, meaning the people, right, black and brown people that had gotten arrested for having a gram of weed on them, a joint, those niggas got a felony on their, on their case, right? And, and it's, super hard like right now they're claiming that they're expunging all the case all the records whatever because the back like that they that felony meant you can't do shit right it's gonna haunt you for your life and they show that in the documentary they talk about it they talk about it you know and so you know back in the day when when cannabis was starting to kind of go on the rise of legalization especially medicinally uh you needed to have like two two they said two hundred thousand dollars liquid cash to even maybe apply for a license. And that doesn't, that's apply. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to approve you because again, they are in control of the licensing. So they, they don't feel comfortable with giving the license to black and brown people, even though we were the fucking ones that started it. They're going to give it to the white billionaires, the white fucking corporate, you know, corporate companies. Right. And that's the problem. That's the problem. So, it was just one of those eye-opening documentaries that really, really just kind of like put everything in perspective. Uh, during that, during the conference that I did with the Illinois Women of Cannabis, um, there was a like a one, there was a couple women there that were like going to school to be a lawyer, or they had their own like I think f- like firm, um, and they were trying. They were that they were focusing on getting making the laws easier for people of color to get the licensing because apparently right now it's extremely difficult. At least this is here in Illinois. Um, you know, obviously, shout out to Can- to California. They've been you know adult use for quite some time now. So there are a lot. Of, you know, they're not a lot, but there are a handful of black and brown um, you know companies cannabis companies that you can you know you can patron uh, patronize and, and buy their products you know but it's still not legal states like it doesn't you can't like I can't go order from a fucking like I would love to buy weed from black people I would love to are you fucking kidding me I would love to spend my money on weed from that made, was made by black people but unfortunately the ones in California that I would love to buy from they can't ship it to Illinois even though we're both legally right adult use they can't, it can't cross state lines. Cause guess what? That has to be shipped here. It, it, it's, it's really, it sucks. Cause I'm like, you, I'm shit. I want to smoke Snoop Dogg's shit. I want to smoke Wiz Khalifa shit so fucking bad. Give me all that weed, but I can't, I can't. I live in Illinois. So, and the thing is like right now, it's like, I want to, I want to see black cultivators. You know, I want to see the craft bro- growers, you know, from black and brown people. But again, like I said, the licensing, they're not accepting it. So it's a huge, huge problem. Um, This was all 
you know, in the documentary called Grass is Greener, guys, I know there was a long and heavy, heavy hitting, like, you know, talk about it, but it's really important, especially if you consume cannabis, especially if you work in the industry. And you know what? Even if you don't support it, I think this is also, I think even if you don't do cannabis, right? If you don't even fuck with cannabis like that, I feel like, like I said, with me growing up as a kid, right? Me thinking that oh, I'm a prude, you know, smoking weed is doing a bad thing. Oh my God. And then I literally associated all those people that would smoke weed when I was little as being bad, which was, it's all psychological. It's all fucking us up, right? And I, that the whole point is trying to normalize this mindset that we have about weed because it's not bad. Uh, it's literally not bad. You know, it's a plant that grows this way. You can consume it multiple ways. You can eat it. You can smoke it. You can vape it. You can put it on top of your skin. You can take it sublingually, meaning you can put it underneath your tongue. You can use like that's called tinctures and you put it on your tongue and it dissolves into your bloodstream. Okay. You can make it into capsule form. You can tape it. You can take it. Um, what's the, suppositories. You can make suppositories and put it up your butt. Um, I know you're asking, like, why the fuck would you do that? Believe it or not, guys, uh, there are cancer patients that they take a product called RSO. What is RSO? RSO is called, it's Rick Simpson oil. It was created by this person named Rick Simpson. It is a highly concentrated form of THC and so highly concentrated, it's super strong, like a thousand milligrams, right? People that have cancer, that have extreme pain, um, have difficulty with um, having an appetite, sleeping. They make them into, they can either take RSO, they can eat it. It's an edible, so you're supposed to eat it. But people also do, um, they make them into capsule form and they take it as a suppository. Um, so yeah, a couple clients um, that I've interacted with told me that's how they take their RSO. And some cancer patients need a whole entire uh, thousand milligrams of RSO a day. Okay. If I'm not making sense to you that, you know, if you are kind of familiar with cannabis, that's a lot. That's a fucking lot. Like for me personally, I'm a lightweight when it comes to cannabis. Uh, five milligrams of THC is actually quite nice for me. Um, I have a nice high. I don't feel too paranoid. I don't feel a little bit like, like it's overwhelming me. Um, yeah, that's five. Uh, Ten. 10, it depends. Like if 10 milligrams of CBD, I mean, if I take 10 milligrams of THC, it can be sometimes a bit overwhelming for me when I do it. Like full on taking 10, 10 milligrams of THC, sometimes, you know, I'll feel a bit like, okay, girl, like I'm super fucking high, like too high. Um, if it has, if it has TH, uh, CBD in it, like if it has 10 milligrams of THC and 10 milligrams of CBD, however... CBD is a different cannabinoid, um, and together they form this really nice harmony and, and a really nice balanced high. Um, so I can I can consume that as long as it has the CBD, meaning if it's a one to one, if it's a one to one ratio of equal parts CBD and THC, that to me, um, for me and my tolerance works really 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 well. Um, people with a higher tolerance, meaning they can smoke or they can take like I don't know like. 50 milligrams, Philly, 50 to 100 milligrams of THC at a time. 
uh, they need more. Like they, they're just, their tolerance is on another level. Like that is something that I would like literally be in the hospital, I think for just cause I'd be way too high and I'd, I'd need like help. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that just kind of gives an idea. I know I, there are a lot of people that are kind of curious about, um, cannabis and they just don't quite understand a lot about it. Um, it's fun guys. It's a fun, fun, but it's just like going to the fucking liquor store. You know, when you go to the liquor store, you can go, you can buy bourbon, you can buy uh, whiskey, you can buy um, tequila, you can buy vodka, you can buy, um, what's another like spirit that I'm missing out on? Beer, you can buy wine, you can buy, you know what I mean? You can buy every, like there's all these options. So when it comes to cannabis, there's the same thing, you know? So Cannabis can come in many forms. It can come in many forms. Um, cannabis can come in a, a weed, obviously the flower. They usually, if you hear people call flower, that is the bud. That is the actual plant itself. What they do is they take that bud plant that, that literally just comes off the plant like that. They dry it. They trim it up. They put it in a bottle. <laughs> they sell it to you. You take it home. You take that, that plant. You break it up into smaller pieces so you can you know, smoke it in different forms. You can put it in your bong, you can put it in your chillum, you can make it a joint, you can smoke it out of a blunt, you can, uh, what's other things? Yeah, there's one hitters, there's all sorts of tools that you can use to smoke it. And when you smoke it, you know, you inhale, hold as, as long as you possibly can, and you feel really good afterwards, right? Um, that's flour. You can also do it with edibles. So edibles are, you know, you can eat them, there's all sorts of forms. There's gummies, there's chocolates, there's gum, there's um, mints, there is um, tarts, there's just any, for, any sort of edible brownies, cookies. I mean, anything, literally anything. Um, you know, you can make cannabis into butter. I do that all the time. I have, I can make, I make batches of cannabis butter and uh, I freeze the cannabis butter. And if I want to make a batch of like, Weed brownies. I'll take the butter from the cannabis butter and, you know, oh, I'll take the cannabis butter and mix it with regular butter. And yeah, when you eat that brownie, you get high as fuck. Um, you can make uh, cannabis coconut oils. You can make cannabis olive oils. Um, the list goes on and on, guys. So there's edibles. So that's when you eat cannabis, right? Then there's also um, topicals. So topicals are another form, um, literally meaning you just put it on top of your skin and then THC will absorb through your skin. Um, that comes in forms of like lotions and balms and um, oils. Uh, yeah, great, great pain reliever. If you have any like aches and body aches or, you know, whatever, neck pains or whatever like that. You're sore from working out. Get yourself a nice balm. There's an amazing balm that's from, uh, it's called Avexia. That's the company name. It's actually the company Verano. They have a really amazing um, balm. This is in Illinois, by the way, guys. So if you guys are from like California or other parts of the world, you're like, what? Um, <laughs> these, are, these are just local items that you can get. Um, they're not sponsoring me, but I stand for these products. So I'm just going to shout them out anyways. Um, so yeah, this balm that they create is a one-to-one -one where they have CBD and THC in them and you put it on your skin and it just relieves your pain so well. So that's a topical. Um, you can also do it, um, sublingually, meaning what, that's what I mentioned earlier. That's where it's in a tincture with a little dropper. Um, you take that and you take the dropper like a little, you know, and then you can place that underneath your tongue and the tincture will absorb into your bloodstream, 
Um, there's two ways you can actually take it. You can take it that way. You can put the tincture underneath your tongue or you can actually put the tincture on top of your tongue and take it and swallow it down. So it will hit you a little bit like an edible. So basically with the tincture going through your bloodstream with sublingually underneath your tongue, it'll hit your bloodstream faster. So the effects will be, the onset time is faster. Um, whereas if you do it edible wise, so with edibles, that's the only thing guys, like with edibles, people usually be like, I don't feel anything. Right. When you eat an edible, you have to wait, you have to wait. Edibles have an onset time. That means there's a time period where it will go into effect. Right. So literally, you know, some can be 30 minutes, some can be an hour, some can be two hours, you know, sometimes when you're wanting your edible to kind of kick in, sometimes if you eat like fatty foods, like a burger or or anything or sweet, something like that, it'll like kind of like amp up the uh, cannabinoids and it'll fucking work faster. So if you notice that, if you guys do that with edibles... And if you eat something else too, on top of that, you'll notice that you get higher faster. That that kind of you know, but everything is everybody's different. It's a case by case basis, a person by person basis. So, because um, literally, like when it comes to flower, like I said before, the sativa hybrid and indica. Sometimes sativas, which are supposed to get you energy and be more euphoric, and it's like you know that's the head high or whatever. Some of that sometimes, like I will do the sativas and they don't. I don't feel shit. Like I don't feel euphoric. It, it doesn't hit me the same way. But then my partner will smoke it and he'll feel energized as fuck. Right. Um, so everyone's different, and that's the that's what's so fun about it is kind of like seeing how cannabis takes to you. Like one person will smoke a strain. And then the next person will smoke that same strain and they'll feel completely different things. But as a majority though, like that's why that like, you know, it, it's, it depends, you know, but like for the most part, sativas are supposed to do what they're supposed to do. Hybrids are supposed to do what they're supposed to do. Indicans are supposed to do what they're supposed to do. You know what I mean? So um, the last form that I'm not that familiar with of cannabis guys is concentrates. So concentrates is a hugely complicated um, method of consuming your cannabis or taking your cannabis. Uh, it's a world that I was, I'm still learning because um, basically this form comes in all different types of like textures. There's like wax, there's batter, there's butter, there's sugar, there's sauce. Da, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it goes on and on and on and on. Crumble wax. I mean, diamonds and sauce. Uh, dab pills. I don't fucking know. It's just insane. Um, yeah. And so when you when you smoke, a, they call it a dab. So like that's like the term for doing concentrates for taking your THC, taking your cannabis in a concentrate form. The term is called dabbing. So when you dab, you have to have a torch or a butane, like lighter thing, like a fucking like weapon in middle evil, uh, in fucking like not med- medieval time, because that they didn't have that shit either. Um, it, they whatever torches, rigs, blah blah. Right. Um, this form is a little scary to me. Um, if you do concentrates, they can they they tend to be a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot stronger. So if your tolerance is very low, like high, like say you like smoke, you take like 100 milligrams of THC and you're just like fine, like you don't feel shit. Yeah, you probably need to start taking concentrates like, you know, or flour doesn't do anything to you anymore. You got to amp it up to to concentrate. So um, 
Yeah, it's it's a whole nother world. Um, to me, it looks a lot like smoking crack. So, <laughs> and it's not, guys. It's really not crack because it's again, it's it's cannabis. But to me, it just looks so much like that. So I just can't fit. Like in my mindset, like it's hard for me to like get into that world. Plus, I don't want to fucking get my my tolerance that high. Fuck that shit. I'm a cheap date. I like where my tolerance is. I like that I only have to take five milligrams of THC to get high. I like that. I like that very much. Thank you very much. You know? Um, Yeah. So that was a little bit of like, I felt like I was at work for a second. Wow. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's a little bit of like beginner level kind of knowing about THC and then also talking about grass is greener. Um, if you guys still are very, if you guys are like still like not so like hung up on on weed, that's fine. Um, but if you're having issues with stress, anxiety, inflammation, sex, um, you know any any sort of issue, pain, physical pain, mental pain, anguish, um, diseases like cancer, you know, like anything like that, you. Cannabis is a great healer, honestly. It's such a great tool. Um, also, if you're like, you know, hooked on pharmaceutical um, pills, like if you have an opioid problem, meaning you you are you've been put on like benzoids or you've been put on Xanax pills that were diagnosed to you as from your doctor, and now you can't stop taking pills, um, cannabis can help kind of wean you off of it. Uh, I, we have a lot of patients that are addicted to opioids and they use cannabis as that, you know, kind of way to kind of ease their body off of it. It's quite sad too. Um, I'm still learning a lot. I've, you know, I've been obsessed guys with this, uh, with Lisa Ling. Do you guys know who that is? Lisa Ling is the shit. She's like this amazing, badass Asian CNN like journalist. And she goes and she tackles and she, she, she she like learns and she goes into diving deep into all these different types of like worlds like porn and gangs and you know all just all anything that you can think of like military shit uh prostitution um everything she does a documentary on it and it's just so fascinating and she, uh, she she did one recently where it was like she was tackling like the the opioid problem that like there's a huge one here in Chicago and she was talking to this like woman that got addicted to like benzoid pills and like Xanax and like Valium. And these were all prescribed by her fucking doctor, right? And when you take these pills, like there's all these crazy warnings on the label, like, you know, you know, you you could get addicted, you could have oh, and there were like she talked she talked about stories of people that got addicted to these drugs and then killed themselves because they were super depressed. You know, like they took these drugs because they were they had anxiety or they were depressed, and then they got sto- they got hooked on it, and then the pills made them even more in- in- full of anxiety and stress, and then they end up killing themselves. So it's like, super fucking sad. Um, but she's a great, she's amazing. Um, yeah, she, we have so there's so many things stories she's done on that I can talk about, and I have ideas for topics in the future because of the shows that I've watched from her. So shout out to Lisa Ling. Um, I love her down. So yeah, guys, um, honestly, that's really kind of what I wanted to talk about today. Happy belated 420. I wanted to record this on 420, but your girl was too high. Ah! Um, yeah, so I couldn't do that. And then Earth Day was the other day. I think the Earth Day is the 23rd. Um, 
because today's yeah today I'm I'm recording this on the 24th. Um, yeah, and Earth Day was great. I, I I try my best every day. I I did this whole like long post on my Instagram, very like you know hippie like, and you know it's funny. It was really kind of annoying because I'm like. Usually people like my photos and things like that. If I post my ass, me pole dancing on a pole, um, they like that shit like crazy. But if I post something about saving the planet or Mother Earth, they're all like, eh, fuck you, bitch. So <laughs> I just wanted to stress, guys. So like happy belated Earth Day as well. You know, here it's um, Kimboology. We are very passionate about um, sustainability and recycling and saving the planet. So um, let's all do our part, guys. Let's think about what we can do as individuals to help reduce plastic waste, you know, save our oceans, reduce air pollution, you know, the list goes on and on. Um, You know, we can't even, we can't think that it's not our problem anymore because it's simply not. That's simply not true. Um, We can see the changes every day with our like weather, the strange weather, all the plastics in the world that just don't disappear anymore. Um, it's gotten so bad that even the microplastics are in our food, so we are consuming it. Uh, and, you know, studies show that those plastics have all those cancer-causing ca- agents in them. So, in a sense, that's where the cancer is coming from, guys. Um, come on, do the math. So, yeah, if, if we can do our part by just, like, everyone can just be accountable every day. So, like, when we're, at, when we're out shopping, say no to plastic bags you know, stop buying water bottles. Please stop buying plastic water bottles. Please stop buying plastic water bottles. Please, okay? Ugh. We don't need them, guys. You have reusable pla- You have reusable bottles now. Fill that shit back up and take that shit. God, so fucking frustrating. Anyways. Bitch. One thing that I'm being um, really diligent about is having plant-based eating days. Your girl's a fat ass. I love food, okay? I'm a tourist, all right? I love food. And I love meat. I do love eating meat. So it's difficult because I know that, you know, if we can reduce the amount of, of food we're, of meat we're consuming, you know, it can help. It can really help with sustainability. So... I have plant be- I have plant based days where I don't eat meat. Um, that is my way that I'm trying right now because I your girl can't be a vegan. That's too hard right now. I'm sorry. Um, so yeah. So if you can do that, if you can have days where you're like, okay, today I'm not going to eat any meat. Eat all plant based. That makes a huge difference. Huge. So so yeah. That's just a little bit about Earth Day. Shout out to Mother Earth. I love you down. <laughs> Like she's talking about, she is talking back to me. Cause you know what? I'm in tune to my earth sign. Oh my God, guys, I'm so fucking high. Oh my God. Um, I'm like, what am I talking about? Um, I do have a quote of the day. I do have the quote of the day. Um, just a little something, something to talk about, you know, our, this beautiful plant cannabis. And it's very simple. And the quote of the day is a weed is but an unfloved flower. And that is by Ella Wheeler Wilk. Wilcox, because yes, the weed, a weed, cannabis, this flower has been so unloved. Okay, it has so <laughs> this poor ass plant. Can you imagine if a cannabis plant could actually talk? Oh my god, guys, how cute would that be for like a little like cartoon, like a talking cannabis cartoon plant? Ah, uh, I'm pet. Hey, y'all heard it here first. Don't steal my idea. Um. <laughs> So yeah, like literally this plant comes out the ground and there's just like so much like hate against it. It is a plant. The fuck is wrong with y'all? Y'all here fucking doing heroin and smoking cigarettes 
And this plant that grows out the ground is so scary to people. I don't get it. I don't. I, back growing up, I, when I was like, you know, a prude, I was like, I really thought that weed was something that was manufactured, like people had to create. And when I grew up and got, you know, smart about life, when I realized that all, all weed is is just a plant that grows out the, out the, the earth like that, I was so fucking confused. I was like, why the fuck is this illegal? I am confused, okay? Because cigarettes are fucking poison, and you are killing yourself, but yet that shit's legal. Anyways, guys, I'm done. I'm done, I'm done fucking um, being like an old high auntie just fucking preaching to y'all. Um, <laughs> I love you guys down. Um, thank you so much. Oh, my God, guys. I want to shout out this amazing listener that like slid in my DMs the other day. It was so sweet. Um, I really like was, this just made my day. Um, so shout out to you, Oliver, Oliver Townsend. Um, he was so sweet. He was just like, Hey, I found you from your broad city episode and I love your podcast and I'm going to share your podcast with all my friends and I appreciate you. And I just was like, Oh my God, there's people that actually like this shit. Like literally like, teared up. So if you're listening, Oliver, shout out to you. Hey, um, I really enjoyed that because it just was very much like it was affirming that this is the the wavelength that I need to go in, like that I need to put the energy in. Because for so many years, guys, like I'm just going to have a little bit of like a what do you call it? Like a shout out to Kimbo, I guess, or a little like, you know, putting myself on a pedestal, I guess. I'm talented, guys. I have a lot of things that I'm good at. Like it's it's so strange. I've always been this person that's good at a lot of things, but yet, what am I, what am I doing? Where's the money? Where, where's, where's the, like, where's, I don't understand, like, why my, all my, I can't hone in on all these motherfucking talents and make some, like, be a millionaire already. You know what I mean? Like, why, 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 hey, why aren't I a millionaire? Okay? Okay? Why? Tell me why. Um, because literally, like, I can do anything. I can. So, when, when it came to f- kind of like the, during the pandemic and I kind of realized like I, I just for me, because I'm multi-talented in that way, I put my energy in like different places. But I feel like I was putting a lot of my energy in the wrong place. So for me lately, you know, since the pandemic, I've been putting a lot of my effort into this, into what you're listening to now, guys. Um, I'm really trying to work on my brand. I'm really trying to focus on that. And having messages like Oliver's was very affirming. And I just want to say thank you. Um, you guys have no idea how much I appreciate it. Um, you guys even having conversations about the topics, uh, my guests on the show, you sharing any of these links to people, tagging me on social media, you know, leaving me comments, rating and subscribing on, on Apple Podcasts. All of that goes so, 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 it does so much for me. You have no idea. So if I can just, again, if you haven't already gone on to Apple Podcasts, please, please leave me a rating, even if it's not five stars. I'm okay with that too. Um, And leave me a comment because I read them, guys, and I love them. So if you love me, show me some love. Um, Show me love, show me love, show me love. I don't even know why I did that. Um, So yeah. So yeah, guys, um, I appreciate you so much. Uh, love you down. Thank you again for listening to another week of me talking my bullshit. Ooh, my ass is numb. Woo!
oh, I have been sitting on my booty too long. I need to get up. Um, I don't even know where my cat is. Um, yeah, this, yeah, I have to end this. Um, let me go ahead and end with, uh, you guys, thank you for the 420 appreciation episode. Get high, smoke a lot of weed, uh, suck some dick or, or some pussy. You know, we're all, you know, we're very inclusive here on Kibbology. Um, and yeah, love on somebody today or tonight or whenever you're listening to this. Love on somebody. You know what? How about this? I'm going to end with give somebody that you love a compliment, any compliments, anything, and watch their whole life just get so happy. Like that feeling is so indescribable when you just can make someone's day. How nice is that, right? Wow. Wow. I'm motherfucking like Mother Teresa right now, right? What? What? That's amazing. Okay. I got to go. I ain't making no sense. I love you guys. Thanks for listening. And as always, uh, I'll see you guys next week. Bye. Kimbo out. Brought to you by the Rick Dog Network. We'll shoot the damn dog.